Josh Pollard. I'm Joe DeSazio. And this is Story Players, the podcast that analyzes story-driven video games. This is the third episode of our Final Fantasy XV series. Each week we play through a couple chapters of the game and get together to discuss. I'm playing the Pocket Edition on my phone. And Josh, you are still playing on the main version, right? On Xbox One. Correct. For this episode, we're going to cover chapters 4 and 5 from the Pocket Edition. Which matches up with chapters five through eight uh-huh. of the main version. So what took me two chapters takes you four. Four and like 50 hours of game. No, not quite that long. <laughs> but I'm at 20-ish hours of gameplay at this point. So after we finish this episode, we're going to be halfway through the game. Do you think you've got another 20 hours in you to finish this? Uh, I, Are you excited to finish it? I am. Well, I, looking am, forward I, am. To it? I am excited and, and I do look forward to it. I hope it's not another 20 hours, and I have a feeling it won't be, but... Yeah. What's your uh, like ratio between like main quests and side quests at this point? Are you, are you doing a lot of side quests? Uh, maybe that depends on how you define side quests. I am doing a fair amount of stuff that is not main quest stuff. For example, if I'm wandering along, like there's a point in this game where we end up at a fort, or in this chapter, I mean, that we discussed today... There's a fort that you go and you do some fighting in, and there's a town that you or an outpost that you stop at nearby, and not far from there is a fishing place. So I went fishing. <laughs> it's not really a side quest. Okay, it's like it's, it's like a not side a activity. Quest, yeah, but you got to do some fishing. Got to fish with the boys. What do you do with the fish? That's a great. I, I you know I was actually wondering that the other day. I, I I wasn't playing. I was just thinking about the game, and I thought, what is the what is really actually the point to fishing? I don't think they become items that you can sell. I don't think they become ingredients that you can use in recipes. I think it's just for the fun of it. And it keeps track of how big each particular type of fish you catch and what your personal record is for how big of a fish in that category and all that stuff. So you That's can't kind uh, of it. you can't equip a fish in battle and like and swing it around and smack someone at the trout because you know the bigger the fish the harder <laughs> it's gonna hit i think right and i've caught some big ones like bigger than you uh not not that big mm, but okay. i think i caught like a 30 pound fish that's an enormous fish well just as a reminder the pocket edition does not have any fishing whatsoever i know you must be so sad that's fine <laughs> So now that you're halfway through the pocket edition game and you do have a little bit of experience with the main, what we've been calling the main version because you played chapter one on Xbox one, has this made you want to play the game on Xbox or PlayStation or PC? Yes. Also no. So I'm kind of getting disappointed with the depth of the pocket edition. Uh, I'm also disappointed with the cutscenes in the way that they really, I don't think they're, I, I think of, uh, when I think of Final Fantasy cutscenes, I'm thinking epic, mm-hmm. right? I'm thinking that was amazing. I can't wait to watch that again when I watch it on YouTube or whatever. Right. But when these cutscenes happen, it's kind of disappointing in that the, the graphics, it's on a, a powerful phone, right? They still look pretty good, but they kind of remind me of like PS2 level graphics, mm-hmm. right? Right. And that's fine, but there's it like... It just doesn't feel like Final Fantasy. There's like no... It, the, the major problem I have, well... We talk, we'll talk about like summoning our first or our first summon in mm-hmm. this chapter. And it was very underwhelming. Oh, but also it's, it's the, it's the characters themselves in that their faces are completely static. They're mm. fixed. Even in the older games, you would still at least have some blinking or something. And, you know, if you go back to sprite work, which some people may say is, a, you know, maybe inferior or out of date or whatever, it's just a different art style, but they were able to, to convey so much emotion. And in even just little basic little sprites of, because they'd have, because they're more like cartoon characters, right? Mm-hmm, right. They'd be very exaggerated and, and eyes wide open or whatever, but mm-hmm. you'd get some emotion out of it. But when, when I'm watching the cutscenes here, it's just two little beady eyes and a little tiny mouth on a big old blank face. And that's all that I see, even mm-hmm. though I'm just talking. And so it's like, man, I really wish I could see what this game is like on the real version. It's gorgeous. I can tell you that. But on the other hand, I hear about what the, th- the things that you have to do, and that doesn't sound fun. Like a lot of the side quests and things, it just doesn't sound as fun. But on the other other hand, we've talked about how the, the combat in this game is, is real-time, right? Mm-hmm. It's not turn-based. Right. But really, if you think about it, the Pocket Edition isn't exactly real-time. 
it is real time in the sense that it's not like everything's paused and you have to choose actions, but it's not direct control over the character, right? I don't have a D-pad or an analog stick with some buttons and things like you do. Mm. And I don't mean just because it's on a touchscreen. I mean, there's no virtual versions of those either. Right. It's more like uh, like a, an isometric dungeon crawler like Diablo, where you're clicking, or in this case, tapping somewhere on the screen, and then the character finds his way over to it. Right. And so I don't have that direct control over it. So a lot of times in battle, what happens is that I can just basically not touch anything and he'll, he'll just attack and do his stuff. Hmm. So I only really need to decide who I want to attack at this very moment. And then he goes and does that. And then I might warp strike to the other side of the battle and let him sit around and do stuff for a while. If a big boss looks like they're going to do a, 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 a big wide attack that I might want to move away from, I try to tell him to move away, but sometimes he still wants to fight. <laughs> and so I don't, <laughs> I don't have as much control as, as I would like to have. Um, so that's another reason why I think I'd like, I'd like to play the main version. Mm-hmm. You know what I could do is I could think of this as being like the original release. And then the main version is like it's the, the remaster, the remaster re- <laughs> remake and like, wow, this is amazing. Maybe I'll do that in 10 years or something. That'd be a good way to approach it <laughs> or, or in a, a month. But yeah, you should do that. I, I want to play the pocket edition. Why? Why would you want to do that? Because I'm really enjoying the main version. And I, I, I played the first chapter of the pocket edition and really liked it. Hmm. I thought it was one of the, one of the coolest mobile games I've played and it'd be fun to play through it. You know, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't choose to play the pocket edition when I have the opportunity to play something on my Xbox, hmm. but if I were just like laying in bed or laying on the couch while other family members are doing whatever and I've got some time to spare, I would, I would play this for sure. You know, it's really designed for that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, like I said earlier in, multi, in previous episodes, this is not just a port, right? So right. episodes are about, our chapters are about an hour, hour and a half at the most. And so you could really just sit down and just blow through a chapter and, and kind of get that self-contained experience and not wonder like, is this a good time to stop? What's going to come up next? You've got a good idea of what you're getting into. But in terms of like pricing or just sheer content, Square Enix also has a lot of other their old RPGs up on these app stores. You can buy like the old Final Fantasy, you know, six. You can even get Final Fantasy seven, eight and nine on the app stores. So and for about the same price as this. And those you're getting an actual like even better port of what the original games were on their original right. systems. And you're getting a full fledged RPG at that point. Mm-hmm. And so if you're at all interested in those, it's almost like that would be a better, I don't know, use of your money or time. Hmm. But if you're not, if you are looking at your mobile phone as something that's just a casual kind of thing, just when you have time, free time, let me just go ahead and play this. Then I think, yeah, the, this, this pocket edition of final fantasy 15 is probably better. Yeah, I don't see myself wanting to play a 50-hour RPG on my phone. Yeah, when you when you have the choice of playing on your gigantic 4K TV, right. well, yeah, you're gonna, right. probably going to do that. <laughs> exactly. How about story? Uh, about these uh these two chapters here. We've got a little bit of we got a little bit of stuff going on now. We got a lot of stuff going on and I'm struggling with the connection between all of it. You mean like it's a bunch of little things that you not really see how they all connect together or well, so in in the previous couple of episodes, we spent a lot of the main quest line going after these royal arms. Mm-hmm. We were finding the tombs of the old kings and getting their weapons. And we were left assuming, all right, well, we need to collect a bunch of these. In the process, it'll make us super powerful. And then we'll be able to go defeat the the Niflheim Empire. Cool. And then we get into these chapters. And we seem to have just completely abandoned that idea. No one has said why. Right. No one has even said, let's stop doing this. Maybe this is more the like project management thing inside of me. <laughs> but we've just completely abandoned that thing. And now we're going after the six. And the first time they say the six, I'm like, who the crap are the six? And it turns out that they're basically gods and that they're going to fight on our side but 
why the sudden change? What did I did I miss something? Did was it more clear in the wow? I didn't, even get, I didn't even get the phrase the six. <laughs> I just figured out after a little bit that we we are going after these powers now because your first one is uh, the first one we have before we even realize this is what we're doing. Oh, the Titan because power. the first one's the Titan. Yeah, Titan Titan gave us his power right, and then and that that just kicks off this change. But yeah, no one said. Why are we doing this now? Now, maybe it's because that when we were fighting Titan, we had that, or after we were fighting him, we had that vision of seeing Luna. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe there was some sort of unspoken understanding that we need to follow her. And she seems to be going to all these different Mm. places. But yeah, there's nothing explicitly stated. Not like, hey, uh, I know you're trying to find these royal arms to be stronger, but we need to take a break from that and go find, (laughs) go talk to some gods. Well, and when we... When we finished defeating the Titan, we were both given an item and we both said, well, what does this even do? And it seems like you don't actually use it directly. Mm -hmm. It's just since you have that, the summons can work now Mm -hmm. where you would summon in Titan, right? Did you summon Titan? Not, I didn't directly do it, but... He did show up for me a couple of times, and it's freaking amazing. You were able to summon Titan? Uh-huh. So let's talk about summons real quick, because it's one of the things that I've been the most excited about in this game, mm-hmm. because the first time it happened, it was Titan. I was just out fighting. I'm not even sure. Well, it was it was early on in these chapters, and I saw some beast that looked like it'd be a fun battle to get into and get some XP and some stuff to sell and whatnot and so i jumped into this fight got in a little over my head and character people in my party started falling Mm -hmm. like we were close to getting wiped by all these guys and all of a sudden i noticed the sky's like going gray and like everything is changing around me and then i finally noticed the button that's like press lt or whatever the heck it was to do a summon and i'm like do a what now (laughs) let's push this and see what happens And out comes Titan and, you know, it's hugely cinematic Mm -hmm. and he, all he does is picks up this giant rock, like the size of a couple of houses probably, (laughs) and then just drops it on everything that you're fighting and kills all of them and then disappears and the battle is over and it is amazing. <laughs> and like, I'm just sitting there watching it with my jaw probably on the floor the whole time it's happening. And then wondering, how do I make this happen? Yeah, again? <laughs> so that's my question. How, how do you, so you said you did it multiple times. Did yeah, you figure, I think did you he figured out what triggers it. Well, he showed up for me once and then Rama or however we're pronouncing it, who we meet later in this chapter has shown up for me twice. And the first one, I think, is just part of the story hmm. uh, at, at that base. But yeah. w- I did a little bit of reading to try and figure out, like, what do I have to do to make this happen? Because it's sweet and I want it to happen all the time. And according to the Internet, it seems like you don't really get to control it. And they just kind of happen under certain circumstances. Okay. And different gods will show up under different circumstances. Circumstances meaning, like geographical like, location of where you some, are some of it's based on where you are or some of it's based on like is your party getting destroyed yeah. and th- you know that's one of the circumstances where it seems like titan and rama uh frequently show up more when when you're in trouble like that i didn't want to keep reading because i don't know what the other summons are yeah. and i don't want any of that spoiled but they're really cool and i kind of want to get my butt handed to me more often (laughs) just so that they'll show up more frequently i remember final fantasy 7 that being such a big deal those crazy summons Mm -hmm. and you'd use them so often and you'd kind of start to get bored of it but they weren't too long until you got to like some of the crazier ones at the end like knights of the round where you would just summon like king arthur and all the knights from the round table and they would all come (laughs) and just take their turns just destroying whatever's whatever's in there it would take i don't know a couple minutes i think to go through that entire holy cow so yeah that's why this this so for me i only had the one rama summon at the base Mm -hmm. and there's a big old button prompt on the middle of my screen right that you just touched and all of a sudden i'm like what's going on oh because i didn't even see what the button was i was just like touching on the screen Mm -hmm. because that's that's what i'm doing tapping where i should be going and then i 
tapped it before realizing what it was, and all of a sudden, <laughs> Wizard Man in a robe comes out and starts electrifying everything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he was pretty underwhelming compared to what I expected. It was really awesome on Xbox because <laughs> he's huge. He's towering over the base that you're standing in, and his his electrification thing. I think if if I remember correctly, he's got a giant staff and he just like pounds it into the ground and then everything gets fried. And one of the cool things about it is even when he's done, everything is still torched for a few seconds. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Okay. Let's get into the recap. Cause there's some very specific like plot points and things that we learned from characters that I want to discuss. Mm-hmm. So we start off. So last time recall that uh, we were fighting Titan mm-hmm. and Artie, our buddy uh, Artie, <laughs> gave us a ride out of there. Now, this episode starts with, well, at least for me, just magically appearing on a chocobo farm. And I have no idea how he got here. I assume that he just dropped me off, but I don't, I didn't see him. I'm here to chocobo farm. I don't have my car. Yeah, basically the same sort of thing for me. This is where I got put. It's, I don't think it's called chocobo farm for me. I think it's called the chocobo track because there's chocobo racing here. But yeah, it's the same. It sounds like the same place. And there was a there was a news broadcast uh, where the the empire was talking about how they had set up blockades. Mm-hmm. They said that they, they were trying to explain their earthquakes and that it was the Archean, and he had woken up in a fit of rage. But they came and saved the day and took care of it. Mm-hmm. And they yeah, said, they did it. They said something like they took care of it or something. But it, like, did they mean that they actually just killed the guy? Like he woke up, he was angry. We we took care of him. but anyway they set up blockades they say to root out the the criminals who attack the the citadel insomnia insomnia so cindy's gonna try to find her missing car at some garage somewhere so we're waiting on her at the chocobo farm and umbra dog shows up and (laughs) kind of leads us away from the farm and we have a meeting with gentiana who ignis says is an oracle messenger spirit so she's not she's not a real person, as it in she's not human, like right? But she looks human. Maybe that's why she can walk around with her eyes closed all the time. <laughs> I like I said, I can't tell. Then nobody blinks. <laughs> Everybody's walking with their eyes wide open. Anyway, she's like very in like this very cryptic sounding instructions. I, I, I'm not really sure. She says, "I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read what she said because I don't even know if I can explain this." By the storm sender's blessing, will the path to the stone be opened? The oracle goes hence in her king's name. At the time, I had no idea what this meant. But I think in retrospect, she's saying the storm sender, which is Rama. Mm -hmm. Something about the stone, though. I don't know what the stone is. Are those the rune stones that we start going to? I I think the stone is the the magic stone that was providing the shield over insomnia the crystal oh i guess they do call that the crystal maybe i'm totally wrong that wouldn't be a first the oracle goes hence in her king's name and that luna is in the eye of the storm she says when the covenant is forged the oracle and ring shall await their king at the walls of water straight not from the path so this is a character who's like listen you need to focus on the main quest here don't worry <laughs> about the fishing josh <sighs> there's so many fish to catch the Oracle and Ring shall await their king at the walls of water. What does this mean? Please tell me. Well, I mean, we, we know who the Oracle is. That's Luna. We know the ring. It's the ring that we gave her, the ring of the Lushai. I don't know what the walls of water are. Basically, what this sounds like is you don't really know what you need to do as Noct to, to overcome the Empire. But Luna apparently does. Mm-hmm. So just keep following her around. Okay. like. Why the crap can't Luna just tell me? Why? I don't know why she, she's always ahead of us. Like just, <laughs> right. Can you just wait just a little bit? Can you write they it have down? cell phones. In the notebook. Yeah. Put it on the dog. Give me a description of what we're doing here, lady. <laughs> Help me out here. Well, you know, she does talk to us in a flashback, though, because the next cut scene is a flashback to, to young Luna and Noct, and Luna's explaining about the crystal, how it was a gift to mankind. Mm-hmm. A gift from who? The gods, I guess. The gods. And it's the king. Now, this is actually, they changed up the pronunciation of what we've been saying, Lucius. Now the kids very clearly say Lucis. Oh, right. So the kings of Lucis protect the crystal. And only the true king anointed by the crystal can purge our star of its scourge. Scourge? Like from Aspect Andromeda? 
That was my first thought. <laughs> That's what we needed in Mass Effect. This is clearly the same We universe. needed Noctis. Mm. I sense a crossover. <laughs> <laughs> Can be a fighting game crossover. Any ideas? Well, I mean, they've they've sort of briefly talked about the Scourge in the past. I don't know that they've actually called it that, but they've talked about how, like the demons at night and stuff like that, that that's not a natural thing and that that like that's essentially the scourge it, it's the thing that's causing demons to appear and stuff like that and you're trying to end that and the empire is also causing you trouble so just right evil yeah i guess okay i mean we don't really know what the scourge is but it's essentially evil so i don't have to worry about demons at night because i don't get proper night cycle night, and- day night cycles Really? Yeah, because whatever area I'm in, I'm in, that's it sets the time of day, and it doesn't progress while I'm mm. there. So it's not like I have a choice. Like I should probably hang out here and wait for morning. Oh, I just keep going. At this point, I feel like it's just it's just I don't know, like foreshadowing or just trying to explain you know our role, Knox's role in all this, and presumably like our end game here. It is, but it's doing it in such a way that you have. I, I I feel like I have no hope of possibly understanding what it is. Like it's only really fo- foreshadowing if the reader has a chance at guessing what it means. And I I I, I certainly didn't feel like I had any idea. Like what's the storm sender? What's the eye of the storm? Like what is this? And it turns out it's Rama. Mm-hmm. But how was I supposed to know that? No, yeah, it, it's. Even after I didn't start making these connections until I like really stopped to think about. Right. The only reason we've put these things together is because we went back and looked at what happened. Yeah. Like if I were just playing this game normally, I wouldn't have given another thought to what Gentiana said here mm-hmm. and, and how that, oh, this is what she meant when she said Storm Sender. Mm-hmm. In any case, apparently our immediate goal here is to touch three rune stones. First time I'm hearing about rune stones, they seem to be important. They look like like shiny trees, like mm-hmm. short, shiny trees with no leaves. They're just glowy branches and things. Sounds but cool. made out of stone. And so a lot of the the big part of this chapter is just walking to these rune stones, fighting enemies on the way. There's a big dungeon area. Um and then every time you touch the rune stone, something happens. In the first in the first rune stone, we get a flashback back to Young Noct, where Gantiana is introducing herself, and well, she seems to be happy that the future king, Noct, and Oracle, Luna, are close buds, mm-hmm. and that's probably going to be a good thing for them in the future. <laughs> oh, I wanted to mention the the previous cutscene with Young Noct and Young Luna. Mm-hmm. Two funny things about this cutscene for me. One, they're wearing the same clothes. Okay. Luna is wearing the same dress as a 10-year-old as she is in the current day. Oh, oh you don't mean which, the same clothes as each other. Like they're, no, wearing, no, no. Like, they're wearing like twinsy outfits. <laughs> no, that would be weird and, and creepy. No, Luna's wearing the same dress. Okay. Like you couldn't come up with a different dress? No, it's the same or is one. There, there's one Oracle dress and it's all she can ever wear. Yes. And Noct is also wearing basically the same outfit. And here's the weirder thing. His hair is grayer as a young person grayer yeah it's it's lighter gray because you know i always got like his hair is kind of grayish even though he's like 19 yeah i can't tell he's got this cool blackish grayish hair thing going on when he's like 12 or whatever in this cutscene, his hair is way more light gray Hmm. maybe that means something so it goes backwards yeah he's reverse aging so we're we're off towards these these rune stones that's it was actually on my way to the first runestone that I was getting smoked and oh. Titan showed up. Oh, okay. <laughs> runestone two doesn't have a flashback, but Gentiana, you I think you hear Gentiana like in your head mm-hmm. and just giving you further instructions on how to get to the next cave. So these are just like really nothing's happening. It's just go to this point. Okay, now go over here, now go over here. But for runestone three, it's a little bit farther away. And so we actually get to ride chocobos on the way. I got to ride Chocobos the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you. Although, you know what? It's fine because... Because I probably had a lot further to go than you. We also probably had a lot more fun because my Chocobo was on rails. Just oh. like the car. 
and that oh. I had absolutely no control over it. Yeah, that that is. I'm sorry, Joe. Oh, okay, that's I, I take that back. I had a little bit of control. I had a jump button. Wow, that's that lame. I didn't even need to use ever because it would jump for me automatically if it needed to. So when when this chapter starts, you're just outside the the Chocobo farm or track or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and you don't have the regalia, mm-hmm. and I'm like, crap! I really wish that I would have done the Chocobo thing previously because at all of the outposts there are Chocobo rental stations where you just give it fifty bucks or whatever it is. And then a Chocobo shows up and you get to rent a Chocobo for X number of days and they're way faster than walking. Yeah. And I'm like, but you can't do that until you've been to the Chocobo farm. <laughs> Thankfully, they put me right there at the yeah. Chocobo farm. So I I did have to go on a, a side quest to do all of that, though. I had to go and hunt down some giant monster that's been scaring the chocobo or eating them i have no idea (laughs) so i did have to go and do that side quest to unlock the ability to rent chocobos but then yeah it's just show up rent a chocobo and they they just come running right up to you and you jump on them and and go running and this isn't this is a perfect example of how the pocket edition greatly simplifies everything Mm -hmm. because i came out of that cave and it was like, okay, we got to go a little bit farther now. What are we going to do about that? We're sure, which way had the car. And then up, up walks a chocobo. Everybody gets on their own individual chocobos. <laughs> and then it's, it's, it's just another driving scene, but with, with the chocobo instead. And that's it. There's no, there's no side quest. There's no attaining this or that. It's just this is what you're going to do now while we get you from this area to another area. Almost like a giant loading screen. It doesn't take that long to load, though, because it was kind of a long ride but yeah that's all that it was well this will make you even more sad than don't please don't please i haven't don't. actually done this yet but apparently when you're back at the chocobo farm there's something you can do to customize what your chocobo looks like customize and do like i don't know different colored chocobos and stuff like you, that can you give it a name and and make it sound different i don't know if you can do that but there's there's some sort of visual modifications that you can make to the chocobos and later on when Iris joins us, whenever I call Chocobos, a hot pink one shows up for her. <laughs> <laughs> Runestone 3 is in a cave, which is the next dungeon-y area we have to go to. The boss in there is is Naga, which is like this giant creepy snake. Yeah, Naga, is, Naga. Not going to fight that guy. I'm getting is, out of here. She's <laughs> just looking for its baby. And at some point, like, it takes Prompto away from me. Mm-hmm. And it's, at some point, it's, it, it comes up to us and is like, do you know where my baby is? Right. And I'm like, no, sorry. I don't. <laughs> I answered the same way. <laughs> but then I'm going to take you. And yeah, it's like this giant snake with a human head with like fangs and carnivore mm-hmm. teeth and just creepy. Super creepy. I'd kill that thing. When we touch the stone, we do get a vision and it's of Luna confronting or being in front of Rama. And then somehow we get the power of the storm. Right. And the power of the storm, meaning... We can summon Rama. You can summon Rama, not under your own control. <laughs> when we leave the cave, we, we see one of those huge air fortresses fly over, mm-hmm. like gigantic flying fortress. Cindy calls to let us know that she did find our car finally at an Imperial base. So that's good because cars, I assume, are faster than Chocobo. They are. So we ride our Chocobos uh, on the way to the base. I do, I do have to stop and camp to rest and plan out the attack. And that was like a you mm-hmm. know, overnight, like, Time to eat some food. Right. That's it. (laughs) I've come up with a new recipe. (laughs) Recipe. (laughs) That's it. What is it? Did I get a new item? Did I get a new weapon? No. New recipe. Yeah, so this is the Imperial Base Stealth Mission. I know how much you love stealth missions. This was fine because I could actually warp strike people. Like, it's not so stealthy when I'm just hanging on a wall. Boom, you're dead. (laughs) Boom, you're dead. Boom, you're dead. So that was pretty cool. There was like a mini boss here, or maybe a real boss. I don't know. There's another giant robot with a robot with a saw blade arm. Like mm. I feel like they're just recycling. It's hard to tell for me. Are these actually the same robots with the same attacks and all that? Because they seem really similar to me. They do. Okay. Yeah. That's eh, kind of boring. But yeah, this is where I had the button prompt for Rama to come and just destroy everything. Yeah. He's yep. everything's gone. Like I was starting to get overwhelmed. Right. With there's guys oh, coming yeah. in and. Yeah, I, I was thinking, I have no idea how I'm going to beat this. <laughs> and then, fortunately, the summon button appeared. <laughs> Yay. 
I'm not going to beat this. He's going to. <laughs> like, like, there's so much activity going on. And then he comes, he disappears. The camera goes back down to where everybody was, and there's nothing there. It's just, it's just all gone. After that, we confront Ravis, who is Luna's brother, Luna's older brother. And we, knocked or are just upset with seeing this guy because he's hunting down. He's helping the Empire hunt down Luna. I don't know why. Well, and I didn't know why either the first time this happened to me because my Xbox was totally glitching out. Aw. And I had no sound for this entire mission. Oh, that sucks. And the loading times are long, even on a 1X. Really? So I didn't want to reboot everything to get my sound back. And I thought, it's okay. I don't need sound. If something happens, there are subtitles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, except that during this glitch, the subtitles would would seriously appear for less than half a second. And I'm already a slow reader. I don't think even my wife, who's a crazy fast reader, wouldn't have been able to read these <laughs> subtitles. So I had to just watch this cutscene for a little while and then go back and watch it later on YouTube to find out what the crap just happened. Well, we see that Gladio gets real protective and, and tries to uh, block an attack to Noct. And, and uh, it looks like we're going to get into a big fight, but Artie shows up. I'm still really just flabbergasted by this guy because he's obviously with the Empire, but mm-hmm. he's doing everything in his power to help us every single time. Right. And like he his wants... title is Chancellor. And, yeah. And in the United States, that's not a title we hear often. Mm-hmm. So... I tried to do a little bit of research in like in terms of political titles, what does chancellor mean? And Germany has a chancellor that she's chancellor Angela Merkel. She's the kind of the equivalent to our president here in the United States. And so I was like, is, is this chancellor dude effectively the, the, no. the president? No, but that doesn't make as much sense when it's in a monarchy. So I really still don't fully get exactly what what his role is with the Empire. Well, he's certainly not the head honcho because they talk about the Emperor. Right. And he's at the top. Right. Yeah. So I don't really fully understand how a Chancellor, where, where they fall in the hierarchy when there's an Emperor. Yeah. I just feel like he's messing with me, right? He's just like, yeah, I'll take care of you. You go over here. I'm like, you're leading me into a death trap, right? Mm-hmm. But he hasn't. Not yet. Well, I mean, he made us fight a god. <laughs> he knew we could handle it. He's After a little friend. caravan through the countryside with Artie. <laughs> so Artie takes the army away and says that he'll meet us again across the sea. Which is weird because we meet him again before then. <laughs> <laughs> we get the car back. We drive it to Lestalem. But Iris has some bad news. So while we were gone doing all this stuff. God, that was after. That was when we went to go see Titan. So since that time when we left La Solemn, mm-hmm. the Empire came while we were gone. Now she assures us that nobody said anything about Noct, didn't give away any, informa- any information, but the Empire killed Jared. <gasps> they killed Jared. Was it just me when they said that <laughs> they, they did something to Jared? I'm like, who's Jared? <laughs> you mean the subway guy? <laughs> <laughs> who's Jared? And I finally figured out it must be the uh, grandpa guy. Yeah. Talcott, Talcott's grandpa. Yeah. Because he comes out from... Well, it looks like a closet, just in tears, crying. I think he was in the hallway. I know, but it kind of looked like he had locked himself in a closet to cry. And uh, yeah, so this chapter ends with Iris saying that she's going to head to Kayam to get a boat for us for our journey to Altitia across Mm -hmm. the sea. And that's where this this chapter ends for me in the pocket edition. Yeah, and and it ends for me also at the same spot. So we have three more chapters for you. But all of this information from here on out for the rest of this episode was contained in a single episode or a single chapter for the pocket edition. And again, which was about an hour or so. Mm-hmm. All that gets compressed into there. Yeah, this was way more than an hour for me. <laughs> this was, well, but I, d- I did some fishing. <laughs> kind of did a lot of fishing, actually. <laughs> I can think of at least two or three places I went fishing over these next couple of what would be your chapters well no over the next couple what are my chapters because mm-hmm. it's it's six seven and eight for me so hey man you gotta take a break sometimes i guess after having gods fight for you it's really <laughs> hard summoning them it's next up is a way forward which is your chapter six and the beginning of my chapter five we start the chapter by giving iris a ride to kayam but on the way we see another of those 
flying fortresses, and I think it's actually bigger than the first one that we saw. And we decide to stop in order to infiltrate a base that just happens to be at the location that we stopped at. And it, and it seems like Noct is, he's kind of out for revenge now. He's kind of upset about what happened to Jared, right? Yeah, so sure. he's, he, this is a good opportunity to just go ahead and then uh, attack back. Was this an option for you? There's like, not much that's optional for this? me. No, this was a, this was a big chunk of, of the, of the story. Because it was presented to me like it was an option, but I wasn't going to skip it. Like what? You could just pull over and, or no, just not pull over and just not keep going? pull over and just keep going. But, you know, after playing more of this, it kind of seems like... It seems important. Because of who we meet? Well, because... Not really. Well, maybe we don't... Okay. So we didn't literally get much out of this, but yeah, we do get introduced to a new character, mm-hmm. Aranea. But other than that, I suppose it probably could be skippable. So, so basically, we go in there, and and for some reason, we decide to capture a commander. Mm-hmm. So when we're playing, it's it's Noct and Ignis sneaking up on the commander while Prompto and Gladio are out having fun, doing whatever, creating a diversion. Right. And we, we do capture the commander and destroy a magic tech generator, but apparently the commander just escapes, and we don't actually get any information from him. Yeah, and then we do have this boss fight against Aranea, who's like a mercenary for hire kind of thing. But she's actually she's part of the Empire right now, but mm-hmm. she has a history of being like a mercenary. Right. So, I mean, really, since we didn't get any information from the commander, I suppose this could be purely op- purely optional. But for me, it was not. Yeah. Well, and because we don't get anything out of the commander, he gets away. It's kind of a useless mission. Like it, it was all risk and no reward. We do end up meeting. Aranea, and she's awesome. She seems pretty cool. But we're going to see her again real soon. Real soon. But I'm not sure that it matters that we ran into her this time when we meet up with her in two missions forward from here. Well, it's kind of cool that sometimes in some games you'll you'll have a, a big boss, a villain character that does join your side eventually at some point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Remember even in Mario RPG in the original Super Nintendo one, the Bowser joins your party? I guess that's spoilers. Never mind. Spoilers. Take that out. Anyway, there are a lot of games that have that have villains that do eventually become part of because usually there's a bigger villain, right? Mm, and right. so they join you to help you to help you take down this villain. But this is like in the next mission, right? Yeah, pretty much. So that's pretty cool. And and it really does emphasize her like she doesn't have a tie to anybody, right? She's currently working with the Empire, but I, I get the impression she just doesn't even really care all that much no. about whatever their goal is. Right. It's a paycheck. The boss fight was interesting. It had a lot of mobile QTEs, basically quick time events mm. where Arnea does something and I have to like quickly tap the screen or hold the screen or swipe down. And I mean, was there anything interesting mechanically about this fight for you? It was a pretty sweet fight because she would frequently like jump up into the air and just start wrecking buildings and stuff. And She's basically wrecking all of the places where you could potentially warp to to regain oh, health. Okay, uh, so that's a problem. And she's so fast that even if you want to try to warp to one of those places to regain health, you're not going to be there long before she's knocking you off of the the place where you're hanging from. Well, that's cool. So it does require you to change up your strategy. Yeah, it, in, in a big, big way. So it was a really, really awesome fight. It was hard. I didn't die. I, I did it in in one try. But it was cool. I, I really enjoyed this boss battle. And then she just takes off. Yeah. Like, eh. It's like she's looking at a, a watch that doesn't exist. Like, <laughs> I guess it's quitting time. Right. I'm, not, I'm not on the clock anymore. <laughs> I remember as soon as I, I finished this, I, I knew you had already played through all of this. And so I sent you a text and I said, so I think I just fought Bayonetta. <laughs> <laughs> she does have an interesting costume, but it's it's not not as bad as no. some of the others. No. So we just left Iris in the car. That was pretty cool. She just, we're just like, stay in the car while we go attack this base. Really? Yeah, that's... That's not exactly how it worked for me. No. Because we stop at an outpost. Yeah, yeah. Near the base. Uh-huh. And she gets out of the car because okay. there's stuff going on at that outpost. But right before, so we leave her at the I outpost. I swore we left her in the car after the hotel or whatever the, the stop. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just remember coming back to the car, and she's in the car. No, because I, I rode chocobos to the base. 
Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. If I'm not driving, I'm taking Jokobos. But I drove Iris. Like, I'm Iris is with me in the car. Yeah, yeah, she was for me, too. But then we stop at the outpost. Everyone gets out of the car because we're not weirdos who just sit in cars for hours at a time. <laughs> and she's doing whatever she wants around town while we're off fighting at the base, you know, while I'm taking my Jokobos to the base because... They're obviously not going to see a bunch of, (laughs) (laughs) my wife was watching me play this and I'm like sort of narrating it a little bit and I'm like, yep, going to sneakily attack this base. And she's like, I think they're going to spot you. You're riding on giant chickens. (laughs) So yeah, um, that's, that's how I got to the base. All right. Well, for me, the base is literally like a th- hundred yards away from, oh, the, it's super from close. the outpost. So like, it just seems strange that we'd leave Iris in the car in or the in car. the outpost, just like right next to this. It's all very conveniently placed. Anyway, after that, we do continue our drive back or continue on to uh, Cape Kayam, which is where Sid, our good friends, Sid and Cindy are fixing up this boat that we're going to take. And this isn't just some boat. Like this is supposed to be some secretive royal boat for the king mm-hmm. yes it's it's like air force one but a boat is there is there like an air force one equivalent of, of a boat i don't i don't know i haven't heard of one there's marine one which is the helicopter that's cool and there's cadillac one which is his limo mm-hmm. but i don't know if there's a boat what about a train there probably used to be a train right yeah i don't know it's got to be a boat bicycle they probably just take the helicopter everywhere now. There's no Roll, reason to take a boat. Rollerblades. Rollerblades. <laughs> Rollerblade one. <laughs> <laughs> in any case, there's something, the boat's not ready. Right. It's It's been left in some condition where it's not usable and, and they're, they're working on it, but they are missing something that they need. Cindy says she needs mithril, mithril ore. And fortunately, our good buddy Talcott, who seems to have fully recovered from his tragedy that he just experienced not too long ago (laughs) happily tells us uh, about these ruins that are at a lake that are rumored to have some and this lake is kind of nearby uh, near that waterfall that we went to earlier yeah which means the other side of the friggin planet basically we just drove from there and now we have to drive all i was mad i'm like seriously (laughs) it took like 15 minutes to drive here now you want me to drive all the way back? And fortunately, it does a fast travel. Okay. I was pretty oh, mad. Man, open world. You want realism, right? Immersion. It, like, it takes gorgeous. time to travel to It places. is gorgeous when you're just sitting in the backseat looking at the scenery. But I just came from that direction. I don't need to see all that scenery again. So I had the more video gamey version where I didn't have to worry about all that. <laughs> Before we leave, though, Gladio says that he's got some stuff to take care of and he's not going to go with us. Yeah. Which is a little weird because he's, he's real secretive about it, right? He's not he's not letting on what he's doing. Sorry, dude, you're part of the King Slavi or <laughs> yeah, whatever. He's supposed we, to be my the, shield, the King's Guard. Yeah, you can't bail on me now. Whatever, bro. So that takes care of that away forward section, and then that takes us into party of three, which is your next chapter, the main version, chapter seven, and continuing just in the middle of the pocket editions, chapter five. Mm-hmm. And I think that like. I think these names like Party of Three, Away Forward, they're the names of like my quests. So I still see these. They're okay. Just, you know, it's all just part of this one chapter that I bought. Mm-hmm. Okay. So after we leave Gladio behind to do whatever he's on Daryl, we find ourselves at the at these ruins at Vesper, Vesper Pool, which is the name of the lake, I guess. Lake Vesper Pool, which is sounds watery. And this, so this takes you... Right to the place where you're about to meet Arden and all that stuff, right? Yeah, it's it's like a 10-second walk, I think. Yeah, so I got a fast travel, but it wasn't straight there. Before that, there's, like, it basically fast travels me to the road leading up to this. So I have Magitek armor to fight. I've got the lake to drive around. You know what you can do at lakes? What? Fish. (laughs) (laughs) So I stopped for some fishing. Oh my God. Of course. Come on. You got to check out the new places. You never know what you're going to catch at a new lake. Fish? Did you catch fish? I did catch some Did you fish. catch anything other than fish? No. Okay. But there were different kinds of fish. Mm-hmm. So I did some fishing mm-hmm. and then I drove over to... Do you know what's at stake here? Why are you wasting your time fishing? <laughs> this isn't a vacation. 
Young guy's got to do what he's got to do. This place is patrolled by the Empire. And our bestest buddy, Arden, is there and decides to help us out yet again. You mean Artie. He is our bestest buddy after all. Of course. So he convinces everybody that we are actually new recruits who have been sent for special training. Yeah, we're totally not the king. (laughs) At this facility. And apparently nobody seems to notice or care. Yeah. But he requires us to go with an escort. He doesn't trust us or... Well, it's it's our trainer. He's sending us in with our trainer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for us, he's not going to let us just go walk around. Yeah. You know, like for real. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to trust you. to. I'm, I'm going to let you in here because you want this, but I don't trust you to do whatever. So I'm going to make you go with this person who is your trainer. And this person is Commodore Aranea, who we just fought. Slash Bayonetta. Right. And she doesn't like seem all that interested. Like she doesn't seem to know, like, or not know, but she doesn't. She's not real gung-ho on this. I don't even know why she's there and what's going on. I don't understand why they're there at all. They're there for, uh, they're harvesting demons. Oh, right. She eventually says that. I mean, that's really, and that's really what this section to me is all about, is we have this area that obviously is populated by the demons that they talk about, but it's got the mithril too. Mm -hmm. And so mithril is a good resource for something, I assume energy or something. Mithril is one of those things that's in a lot of Final Fantasy games, right? It's like magic and stuff isn't yeah. it and actually aranea's last name is highwind which is also another word or name that gets used throughout mm. sid highwind oh was the sid in final fantasy 7 really yes yeah so while we're exploring this area this these ruins which are kind of interesting it's got like this floating water in this room at some point yeah and by floating water you mean water that you are underneath of yeah 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 but you're not in it i mean it looks like you look up and it looks like you're looking down on a pool Mm -hmm. but but, you're below it but you know you're below it looking up and the water's not falling down Mm -hmm. it's pretty sweet (laughs) so it's a neat area but a lot of it's just a lot of fighting and a lot of just conversation not like cutscene conversation but just you know talking back and forth bantering dialogue whatever uh, among other characters while we walk around this place Mm -hmm. and so these are the things that we learned about, that Aranea talks about. The Empire is harvesting demons from the ruins and creating weapons out of them. And it, it sounds like that's what the magic tech troopers are. Yeah. Which I still don't completely understand. They just take demons and like put them in a suit? Like inside of... Because we were told that they were basically robots. Mm-hmm. But they're not? So maybe they're not. They're not people. It's okay to kill demons. <laughs> demons are people too. <laughs> no <laughs> no they're not actually the um, demons. so she expresses concern about the emperor and the new high commander ravis also she really can't stand quote unquote really can't stand arden well that makes a whole bunch of us that dude is creepy and weird so yeah these 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 demons so i haven't are we fighting demons is that what is that what we're fighting in here are demons because i feel like because I'm not getting that day-night cycle and the whole, like, I can't be out at night because demons, mm-hmm. I feel like I haven't seen a demon. <laughs> am I missing Am I missing out on something? If you go if you go walk around at night, do you fight different kinds of creatures? Do they Some come of out them and get are. You? Yeah. Do they look like what you would consider a demon? Not usually. Like, there's one that popped up frequently near Lestalem that looked like a giant genie. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean giant. like. Yeah. 20 feet tall. Okay. 30 feet tall. Hmm. Yeah. It it just seems like a very generic word that they can apply to pretty much most of the creatures that so, aren't just normal wildlife. Right. Exactly. Aranea also mentions Biggs and Wedge as the, her two um, underlings that were up at the entrance to this place, which is another cool constant Final Fantasy reference. They use those names for characters in almost every game. Yeah, they were in Final Fantasy seven, yep. seven, right? Yep. I almost said 17. We're not quite there we're yet. It'll there be yet. another 20 years. But yeah, I mean, they're even referenced in Chrono Trigger too, another Square really? game. Yeah. And these names come from the characters in Star Wars. Really? Yeah. That's where that comes from. Wow. Learning all kinds of stuff from you here. I really like Prompto. I'm just going to... <laughs> he's funny. I still like Gladio the best, but Prompto just gets so many funny things to say, right? At some point, he's in here going... He's just singing about being on the stairs. He's like singing like stairs, they go on forever and ever. They go on and I'm like, 
dude's really excited to be in this creepy place. Well, the last time we talked about our favorite characters, we both said that we loved Gladio mm-hmm. because he's calm. He's chill. And he's chill and all this stuff. And that we weren't quite so sure about Prompto. But he's really growing on me, too. I, I really like having Prompto around. It would feel so serious without him. Yeah. Like, who am I going to go fishing with? Stop it. <laughs> no more fishing for you. So this this section ends with a boss fight with uh, Quetzalcoatl, which is it's named after like an Aztec god kind of thing. Hmm. This was a summon in, I think, Final Fantasy VIII had a summon with his oh. name. Uh, in this case, it's it's more like a dragon-y. It was like a dragon, right? Yeah. And this is another tough boss battle. Was it? I don't remember mm. anything too interesting about it. Not really. It was just difficult. Okay. I either had like no places to warp to or only a couple. Mm. And that always makes it harder for me. Yeah. I don't get warp. Like I don't get like I'm going to hang out for a little bit and recharge my health kind of thing. I don't well, get those points. It's not like I'm hanging up there for 10 minutes. It, <laughs> it recharges way faster when you're hanging from your sword. Uh-huh. I'm just, Which doesn't I don't, make any sense. I don't but. get those breaks. At all. Like, there's no, because it's top down, right? I don't mm-hmm. have like this look around and I can go warp over there. Right. And kind of get a, a, almost like a cat perched up on something, you know, looking down at. Except that I'm hanging one handed from a sword stuck in a wall. Yeah. Yeah. And the sword appears out of nowhere because you're mm-hmm. a magical king. Yeah. Duh. Are we a king yet? Or are sure. we still a prince? The king's dead. We don't have all the powers yet. I'm claiming the title. I'm the fishing king. <laughs> <laughs> After the boss fight, we get the mithril. Cindy wants us to take it to the power plant in Listalem. What? Again. This is how we <laughs> make games longer than they need to be. <laughs> right. And how we can reuse different and, places. And I understand that we have to like get it refined or whatever, but well, why didn't you tell us that before we left? Would it have mattered? Not, maybe not. I don't know. It just felt weird and kind of tacked on. It would have made it felt less tacked on yeah. and less video gamey if she would have been like, hey, go here, get this mithril, but we can't use raw mithril, duh. You have to get it refined. <laughs> so when you're done, hey, at least you're close to the power plant at Listalem since I'm making you drive all the way across the continent to get this stuff and you can get it fixed up there and then bring it back and we'll be good. So then I it wouldn't have felt tacked on. <laughs> Since I don't have the open world, I don't have a very good sense of where things are located and how far away they are. I'm just given these little places to play around in mm-hmm. and then I'm instantly taken somewhere else. And so when they say, oh, we're going to go to Listal, I'm like, okay, I just go back to the cool tropical city, right? <laughs> right. Aranea offers to give us a ride. Keep in mind that we just fought her. <laughs> right. She almost killed us. Yes. We almost killed her. We were trying to kill each other. She just gave us a tour. And helped us. She so we didn't really talk about that. She actually is like officially joining the party, right? During this whole thing, right in the ruins, and so she's fighting alongside us and helps us and helps beat the boss, right? Yeah, which means that as she was a a, a member of my party, those tech attacks that I can do, she mm-hmm. had some too yeah. that I was able to use against the boss. Yeah, but we we've got a strange history already. That she offers to give us a ride. She's a nice lady. She may be a commando, but she's still a nice lady. It's no weirder than any of the crap Artie's been doing for us. I'm just trying to figure out why everybody wants to help us and like, even though they're the bad guys. Yeah, none of this makes sense, especially Arden. Like, why, why is he even letting us in here? He's letting us get the, get a thing that we need, even though we don't tell him why. We don't, we never told Arden while we were there, why we were he there. He just assumed. But, but assumed what? That we wanted the mithril. But for what? Yeah, exactly. Why? He doesn't he doesn't know. He doesn't he, he doesn't just, know, doesn't seem to really care, has no interest in stopping us, and even gives us this super awesome warrior to help us fight our way through there. And has to know that we're gonna find out about them harvesting demons too. Yeah. And well, doesn't absolutely. seem to care that all of this is helping us and he doesn't seem to care that he's helping us. Right. It's like he needs us to do something for him and he's just doing everything he can to help us do that. So what do you think it is? Is it, is it just collecting? Well, what, are, what, are, what are we doing right now with our mission? We've been collecting royal arms. Mm-hmm. We've been collecting summons, basically. Mm-hmm. Right. The gods, the six gods. And now why are we going to Altitia? I think that's where we think the next god is. Well, that's where Luna is, right? Yeah. So we're going to meet Luna in Altitia. So does, does he just want us to keep 
like he's just like come on dude just get, hurry up and get to the end of this because we have something that we need to do and we're waiting for you to get there do you think he just wants us to take out ravis and maybe the emperor so that he can take over as leader of the empire i cannot believe we have not seen the emperor at all since that initial time yeah just that one cut scene between chapters what two and three sounds right something like that where he's in the throne room that's it i can't believe when we finish this episode we're going to be halfway through the main story of the game <laughs> and we've had one two minute cut scene with basically the big bad mm-hmm. with who we think is the big bad. right yeah it's a little weird i don't know we're getting real close now to the end of today's episode we just have to go through chapter eight for you and the ending of chapter five for me seaworthy and it's it's pretty short really yeah we end up in Listalem. We go to the power plant to give them the mithril to refine, but there's a problem. There's the demons are in the in the power plant, and the generators have become unstable. It's going to cause an explosion, something or other, and so they ask us to go in and take care of the demons. Yep. Unfortunately, there's another hunter who's also been called to come help. Yeah, we're joined by a mysterious hunter hulking hunter he's huge with a very distinctive voice yeah like <laughs> this deep calming super chill voice like were they ser- like are they seriously trying to make it so that we're not supposed to know because it there's no way there's no way right there's no way so it's gladio if that wasn't clear what that's who it was <laughs> and he's already gone up ahead to try to to fix this problem and we meet up with him in there and we basically just kill a bunch of guys in a certain time limit to take care of it. Yeah. And when Gladio like removes his clothing or mask or whatever, mm-hmm. it does look like he's kind of beat up. Like Prompto mentions something about him. Look like he's, he's got a big scar now. The scar was new. Yeah. I was, I was thinking like bruising or something. No, he's got a big new scar. Okay. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell in my version mm-hmm. with his alien hands. <laughs> <laughs> We stay at the hotel to celebrate what celebrate or to rest after a, a successful mission. And uh, in the morning, Iris gives us us. I think it's a stuffed Moogle. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty cool present. Yeah. What's interesting here is that Gladio still refuses to tell us what he was doing. Right. No clue. Prompto's like, so where exactly have you been all this time? I can't say. I'm afraid. So <laughs> Noctis is like, he's afraid to say. <laughs> <laughs> and Prompto's like, he can't. It's unsayable. <laughs> so the console version there are dlc episodes named after all of the characters okay do you oh. think that's that maybe the dlc is playing as gladio on whatever it was that he was doing yeah, this maybe. time around probably that would make sense Fill does that mean gap. that everybody else is gonna bail on us yeah, for a maybe. little bit of time mm-hmm. that would be too predictable maybe but yeah, it looks like we only have a max of four characters in our party at a time. And so mm-hmm. if they do want to introduce other people to play with or right. to have in your party, then yeah, we'll probably lose people. And to wrap it up, we just, we head back to the Cape and uh, say goodbye to everyone. The boat's ready. Good to go. And uh, we leave Lucis for Altitia. And Luna's waiting for us. That's it. That is basically it. There were a couple of things that happened to me there or or at least some other opportunities. So one of them is. Before I go to get on the boat, Sid is there and I'm talking to Sid and he's like, hey, just a reminder, you can bring me useless crap and I can make your weapons better. Really? Uh Uh-huh. That sounds cool. You know, like all that crap that I've been gathering up and just selling immediately. Yep. Turns out some of it you might actually want to keep. Oh. Remember? Yeah. Like the very first episode I think we recorded when I was like, I don't know what I should keep and what I should just sell. Yeah. And you're like, just sell it. I said, it all seems pointless. I said, sell it because I have a sell all button. Right. And I'm like, why would, because you can collect just tons of, probably hundreds of different Mm -hmm. types of things. And it seems silly to give you a a sell all if you really wanted to keep some of it. Right. And I'm making tons of money selling all this stuff. (laughs) Money is not an issue for me anymore. But now it turns out that some of that stuff that I sold, I could have used to make my weapons better. Yeah, my only upgrades are buying new weapons and the like bracelets and things. And I don't think he'll upgrade everything. I think it's only a couple of things. There was that sword that I think he gave us at the beginning. I don't remember the name of it now, but 
I know he can upgrade that sword because that's the one he specifically said. Like, hey, if you've got any of this, I'll upgrade your sword for you. Hmm, okay. Um, I don't because I just sold it all back when I was in Lestalem. Well, you're a rich man, though. Thanks. Here's the other thing I wanted to talk about. Okay. There's a side quest available to me amongst these couple of chapters here that's about getting flowers for Iris. Okay. Why is this game trying to make me hook up with Iris? She likes you. But I'm betrothed to <laughs> Lunafreya, the Oracle. Yeah, I don't know. It's a. It's I don't a, get this. It's is it a, is it a marriage out of love? This because remember we talked about at the beginning. This seems like a, a political, political marriage. marriage. Yeah, but they were friends. It's not like it's you know two adults that have never met that are being forced to marry each other. They were they knew each other as kids. They were friends as kids. Sure, but it, it, we don't know. Do they always stay in touch, right? They live in two different places. They've got a dog that's their pen pal dog. (laughs) My point being is that have they known each other as adults? At least through pen pals. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I'm not making a solid case here for, for Noct and Luna to be in love and, and happily looking forward to a wedding because there isn't one to be made, but that's what I'm told that I'm supposed to do at the very beginning of the game. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe it's just setting up a conflict of, oh, I need to go marry her, but I really like Iris, and what should I do? And you have to if make a I decision. If I touch Iris, Gladio will murder me. <laughs> Iris is not who I'm going hey, for. He's he's uh, at least he's damageable. He's got a scar now. He can be That's killed. True, but not by me. He's only got a scar. He's not dead. So what are we going to do in in uh, Altisha? What do you think? I mean, we're supposed to be looking for Luna. Presumably, she's already found the next god or whatever that we're mm-hmm. looking for right are we going to finally meet up with her are we actually going to have a cut scene with both I of doubt them it. in present day i doubt it because she it's not like she was actually there when we fought titan or right was his name? she uh she moved on but is there another continent that she could be jumping to like we've been having a hard time getting here because of the vast water between mm-hmm. the two places we couldn't just drive our car there right I guess it doesn't turn into a boat, but like, is there another continent now that she could be going on to next as a reason why we don't see her? Noct has been in, in the pen pal dog. We've been sent telling her no, that we're coming. We're almost there. Yeah. I mean, theoretically she could go into, to Niflheim. That seems like a bad idea. What is it? The empire? Yeah. That's where the empire is stationed. That's where they're from. Yeah. They're still having people try to hunt her down and kill her. Well, no, they said that they were going to try to capture her because she could be useful. Right. Also, Artie said he would see us across the sea, mm-hmm. so we should expect to see him soon, too. Yep. But we've only got two of the six gods, but maybe we're not going to get them all. We didn't get all of the royal arms. Yeah, we're still missing more than half of those. Mm-hmm. Well, how many different versions of swords and axes can you really, right. I you don't, really have? I don't, like, I don't think all of them. it's a little overkill, right? Yeah. can only use one at a time. That's true. So, I mean, we're sitting here having played basically half of the game. Half the main quest, yep. And we're not even really sure what are the next things to do. Seems like kind of a problem in in the storytelling aspect of this game. It really feels like not much has happened since we've started playing this game in terms of the story. In terms of in terms of like plot. Yeah. I'm sure it has felt like you've been spending days of your life fishing. (laughs) But in terms of that much. In terms of moving the plot forward. It still doesn't feel like a whole lot's happened here. No, not really. The city got attacked right beforehand. We bailed and we investigate that. Yes, it did get attacked. Meet up with the dude who says you need to collect some Royal arms. We collected a few Royal arms, then suddenly switched what we were doing to go after these gods. Mm -hmm. We're not even really sure why Mm -hmm. power. And in the meantime, Someone said, yep, I need to uh, get this boat going so that we can get over across the sea. And that's where the next God is going to be. And, and we've that's, met. That, that's just our point of view. And like, that's just our point of view. And we, we've hardly seen anything from the Niflheim point of view, the, the empire. Mm-hmm. Was how, we don't really, we, we can guess at their motivations. It, I mean, just world domination and we need to get access to the, this crystal and it'll give us power and stuff. But it feels like there should be more than that. Well, they need to get Luna. That's what they're trying to do, because they need to get that ring from her. Okay, but ring, crystal, what are they going to do with it? 
have the ultimate power on the planet, basically. Because they're already way more technologically advanced than everybody else with their magitech. Mm-hmm. If they also have all of the magic power, then they'll never be defeatable again. Do you think they want to control the gods, maybe? Why wouldn't they? Is it I mean, Is that possible? I don't know if that's possible, but you know, with with this crystal having the ability to put a big shield over insomnia, that gives them the ability theoretically to do the same thing over their capital city. Aside from our characters, what opposition is there really? I feel like the Empire's already just blown through everything. They what, have blown through what everything. Much, what, how much more power do they need? I feel like that's why I feel like there's something else going on here, right? They're already more powerful than anything else on the planet. I assume this is on a planet. And no one seems to be able to do anything about it except the four of us, which really, I mean, if it comes down to. Well, there's still the whole demon thing in the Scourge. And we haven't really talked much about that. And the game hasn't said much about that. But that may factor into this somehow also. Do you think that the Emperor is not our big bad? That maybe he's being controlled or influenced by something? There's no evidence for it. That's the problem. We can come up with a hundred different theories. But all we're doing is just looking at, you know, uh, past stories and trying to come up with something that could feasibly work here. But Mm -hmm. there's no, there's really no evidence yet. Right. We're just given very little information to go on and speculating and trying to make predictions here just seems like a waste of time. What I know is that the next couple of quests seem fairly linear. It's what I've read. I've not read any spoilers or anything like that, but from, from what I've read, it sounds like the next couple of areas get pretty story heavy. Well, cool. Good. So hopefully we're going to get some answers and get some some guidance and some info on what exactly is going on here. And hopefully some of that's going to be with the Emperor. Okay. So next time we're going to discuss chapters six and seven in the Pocket Edition, which is Callings and the Heart of a King. Don't quite know yet where the main version lines up, but I'm pretty sure for the next good long while now that we stay in sync. I think it's not until a little bit later that you have an extra chapter that I don't have, but I'm sure it's incorporated into the pocket edition, just like we had the few chapters this time. Okay, cool. This concludes our third episode of our Final Fantasy 15 series. Thanks for listening. As always, we want to know what your thoughts are of the game and of our show in general. You can get a hold of us in a lot of ways to give us that feedback. Our website is the digital media zone. Dot com. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash VG story players, or you can find us on Twitter at VG story players. If you like what you heard, please make sure you're subscribed. These episodes are just going to keep coming until we finish this game. And then of course we'll roll on to more and more games. And we've got a bunch of fun games planned for the coming months. You can help others find us by leaving a review on iTunes or Apple podcast or anywhere that you find podcast or just share it with your friends on, on social media. And we would really appreciate that. This has been another episode of story players. Thanks for listening. I'm Josh Pollard. I'm Joe DeSazio. Adios. See ya.